in your tithes and in your offering. You know, he said, bring in all the tithes into the storehouse of God that there may be meat in my house and prove me therein, says the Lord, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there will be no room enough to receive. So we can't shy away from what the word of God clearly says. Our financial prosperity is tied to our giving. You cannot refuse to give, give to God. You know, there is no way, there is no, not even in social gathering that you participate in that you are not mandated or demanded to give to it if you belong to your 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 community club or uh, you know your uh, uh, cultural your your local uh, clubs for example Igbo society and things like that you know the, everywhere they mandate for you to give if you are part of rotary you are part of lions you are mandated to give so if you are part of the church of god god also expects you to give tithe is just one tenth one tenth of whatever comes into your hand of an income he said and god says when you give he will release your blessing you know there's something about your money that is part of your life you know we invest our time trying to make money and so when you honor god with that with your money the god says when well, honor the lord with your substance and you know he will bless you he will cause your bands to be filled with plenty your your press to burst forth with new wine so when you honor god when you give your substance is a is a is a is a way we honor God. It shows you that you honor God just like your parents. You have parents that raise you up. You have parents that cater for you while you are growing up. Parents that nurture you. When you grow, by the time they are old, they expect you to you know, give to them. Not because even when they have, they still expect you to give because they want to bless. When we give, it's not as if we are making God richer. We can't make God richer. We cannot make him poorer. Whether you give or not is to your benefit. When you give, God will release you his blessing on that which you are give and call what is left to be sufficient and then open unto you greater doors. I've seen people that have handled substance in the past but because they were not faithful to God in their giving, when their challenge when their challenging moment came they couldn't find a way out. You can't talk to, how do you want to talk to God? How do you want to ask God to open a new door unto you? Were you faithful in the last door you opened unto you? Did you give to him? Did you give to the project in the house of God? Did you honor God with your substance? Did you give your tithe to God? How can you? Even you, you will lack the confidence, the boldness to come before God and ask him to open a door. So when we give to God, it is not because we are reaching God or we are reaching anybody. No, 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 no. It is to our benefit. We are the one gaining. I'm a living testimony to that. that when you give, it is giving back unto you. Good measure. Press to press down, shaking together and running over. God will cause men to give to your boss. Alright, but he has an issue that he doesn't have problem with giving. In fact, he has been well trained to understand his um responsibility as a child of God towards giving, but that being in a church that does not emphasize that will that hamper his own prosperity? Of course, you know, where you are, a, a plant, a place where a seed is sown determines how well the, the seed will do. You know, if you plant a seed in a, in a fertile ground, it will flourish, it will do well. If you, if you plant a seed in a ground that is not fertile, of course, no matter the quality of that seed, the growth of that seed will be hampered, not because there's anything wrong with that seed, but because there's everything wrong with the ground. If the environment you are, we cannot deny the fact that the environment we live in affects us. Just like a, 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 a child that schools in the city cannot be compared with a child that schooled in the village environment affects us. So, you know, the, the, the fact that you are of a different mindset, there is no way that your environment will not influence you. You know, when you are in, in an environment where you are challenged by what other people do, you will challenge to do more. But when you are in a, when you are in an environment where people don't consider it as a big deal or as anything important to do, of course, before you know it, 
you will be influenced by their attitude. All right. Um, just before we go on, I need to bring this to your notice that from Monday, 31st of August to Sunday, the 6th of September, one hour daily, that is 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., is IPPS 2020. Uh, it's not uh, IPPS of government that also is kicking against. This is International Prophetic Prayer Summit. And it's all virtual. So from any part of the world, you can log on and connect via Zoom. All right. Now, let me, if you have Zoom, just take note of this number. That is the ID that you need to connect with that uh, prayer meeting. I'm telling you that something is going to happen to you. Just join us one hour uh, daily, and we're going to have men and women of God from different parts of the world also take different dates. I have uh, Reverend Joshua Jeremiah from Mina, and Pastor Henry Bethel from Suleja, and Tokbaya Diosun from Port Harcourt, and we have Fred Johnson. You know, from Lagos. So we come in from different parts and, and ministers of music, uh, Chinelo Di Lemono from Port Harcourt, uh, Debbie Onilede from Kaduna, uh, Debbie Imani from the U.S. Uh, joining us ministering, and Emmanuel Speed, our own Speed from from Ibadan. Ibadan. <laughs> and uh, Obeda Kanya from just that's the one that sang God is a miracle worker. They, they will be ministering via Zoom. So if you have Zoom on your phone or you can download Zoom. Now, so this is the ID. All right. Once you, 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 you see, join a meeting, join a meeting, then they will ask you for the ID of the meeting. Now, write it down. This is the ID for the Zoom ID for this meeting throughout the week. 946 212-7452. I repeat, 946-212-9452 is a computer-generated code. All right, so the Zoom ID for the International Prophetic Prayer Summit is 946-212-7452. Now, once you enter the ID, there's no need for password. It will lead you straight to the meeting room. Then you will see a notice on your phone. Either if you're using a laptop, it will tell you connect um, through computer audio. But if it is a phone you're using or a device, it will tell you call over the internet. So you press the call, then you can now hear. Then on the bottom of your screen, of the uh, Zoom screen, you will find two icons. The first one is an audio icon. The second is a video icon. So if you want us to see you, that you are part of the meeting, you press the video, but it will consume more data. So you could just be listening. So you put off the video and will automatically shut off the audio so that you will listen uh, appropriately. So that's very easy. Zoom, um, International Prophetic Prayer Summit, and it's going to be wonderful. We're going to connect with heaven and things are going to happen. We have dynamic men and women of God that are going to be anchoring this program and we're going to bring change around the sphere you know, that you live. Something so wonderful about prayer is that uh, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Mm. I love the amplified version. It says the continued 
heartfelt prayer of the righteous makes tremendous power available that is dynamic in its working. So when we begin to pray, the power of God is released and that power works like a dynamite that there is nothing on the path that is, you know, that is kind of uh, uh, blocking you or standing as a hindrance that it will not be destroyed. God is just a prayer away from us. The miracle you need is just a prayer away from you. The breakthrough, whatever you need is just a prayer away from you. As we join our hearts together, we lift up our voices in one accord. I know that the heaven above us will be open and tremendous power will be made available in the name of Jesus. Make sure you join in with us every day from uh, uh, Monday, Monday to Sunday, Monday every, th- every evening, every evening 7, 7 to 8, just mm. one hour that will transform your life forever. Make sure that you attend all the sessions Monday yeah. to Sunday. God bless you. We will meet on that platform. Oh, praise God. All right. So I expect you. Let me repeat the ID again uh, in case you are trying to write down the ID. That's the Zoom ID that will enable you to uh, join the meeting. All right. So please take note of it. Uh, 942-212-7452. 946-946-242-7452. For the last time, 946 212 Okay, let me take it again. Nine four six two one two seven four five two. That is the Zoom ID for the International Prophetic Prayer Summit. Um, if your uh, uh, phone is not uh, doesn't have much memory, what you can do to buy a memory card so that you can transfer most of the things that you have as storage into the memory card so that you can have enough space for you to download Zoom. Zoom takes almost as much space as WhatsApp. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, or you can log out of some of your app for just one week. Uh, when you come back with your breakthrough, even the phone will change. <laughs> Praise Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Uh, okay, uh, today... We have it in our heart to talk about the church. Last uh, Saturday, towards the close of the meeting, I began to talk about your relationship with your pastor, your connection with your pastor, why you need a pastor, and the role of the pastor in your life. We want to go beyond the pastor and talk about the church. Um, several years ago, we had this man of God, Reverend Simeon Daramola, uh, who is based in Kaduna. And for some old timers in Ibadan, they would know he used to be in Ibadan maybe some 40 years ago ministering. Um, He's not a young man. And he said when he was in Bible school, they kept teaching all the Bible school students the role of a pastor, the the, uh, work of a pastor, the um, spiritual life of a pastor. Uh, You know, everything had to do with the responsibility of a pastor towards his congregation, his work, his character, his anointing, everything. But no curriculum covered the role of a church member. No curriculum in the Bible school showed them the responsibility of the church member. So the pastors know their responsibility and they live up to it. They are faithful most of the times. They are committed to it. They know they have a call and they have uh, a role to play. They also have uh, to answer before God on the last day concerning how faithful they are 
to the role assigned them. But a lot of times, the church members do not realize that as much as the pastor is obligated and has a divine responsibility and a man mandate and, and a commitment to the congregation, the congregation also have their own responsibility towards the church of God. Because if the church of Christ is referred to as the body of Christ, there's nobody that has no head. The head is still part of the body. So as much as you have a responsibility for the head, the body also has its own responsibility. And so for that body to function optimally, both the head and the body, everyone, every part needs to know their responsibility. Remember that the Bible says that we are the members of the church of, uh, you know, we are the body of Christ and members in particular. So, and every part has its function. Your hand has its function. Your eye has its function. So everyone needs to know their own role so that just like the pastor will answer before God, for how he has lived his life, how he has carried out his responsibility before God. Every believer will answer before God, not just for your individual life, because even the pastor will first of all answer for his individual life. Did he live right? All right? Did he live according to the dictates of the word of God? Then he will be judged according to his assignment as role as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a prophet. Then the church member too will stand before God to be judged by how you have lived your own life and then your own assignment. Because listen to me, Calibrodo Shela Bakasaya. When I was holding the school of Tyrannos, one of the courses that the participants enjoyed a lot is the call, the call, answering the call. Because in answering the call, I did say this that everybody in the world is called. But the first call is the call to salvation. Because Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor uh, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If any man fails in a revelation, say, let him come and drink the water of life. Okay, so there is an invitation. There is the call to salvation. Beyond that, there is the call to sanctification. We are called unto holiness. We are called to live a life, which means it's not just enough to say, I've given my life to Christ, I'm born again, I'm on my way to heaven, and then you live anyhow. No, you must live a life that is worthy of the vocation to which you are called. Okay? So we are called unto holiness. We are not called unto uncleanliness, but to obtain salvation, but we are also called to sanctification. But the third dimension of the call of God upon your life is the call to service. Every child of God has a service committed to them. My own service is what I'm doing right now. It's part of my service to preach the word of God. It's part of my service to pastor the church of God. It's part of my service to preach the gospel around the world. That is part of my service. Your own part of the service might not be to preach in the dimension that I am called to preach, but you have a call to preach to every creature it's the role of every believer to win souls. It is the role of every believer to have your own assignment. It might be that you know, when you go to First Corinthians, where you find different ministries apart from the apostle, the prophet, the teacher. There are those that are in government administration, even in the church. There are people that are called to give. There are people that are called to show mercy. There are people that are called to help. There are diverse assignments in the body of Christ. And every child of God will stand to give 
uh, account, they will give account of what they did with the gift and the talents. That you remember the parable of the talents? God doesn't throw talents away for waste. There's a purpose for it. So it's good that we wake up to these responsibilities. And that is what we are sounding loud and clear today. Right now, call your friend in that church. Let them listen to it. They need it. Pastor, call your members. Tell them, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. What I've been trying to say, somebody is saying it again. Yeah. You know, so that they can hear what you have been trying to say. Yeah, you know, just as the body has many members, that is how we are in the body of Christ also. Each member has its own responsibility. If you understand how your body functions, you know, all the parts of the body cannot be hand. If every part is hand, how can we move around? How can we see? How do we talk? So every member has its own part to play. The gift, the talent, it's because that you have, it is because of the role that God has assigned for you in his body. So you need to wake up, you need to arise and begin to play your part, beginning to play your role, because the body increases as every joint supply, as everybody is supplying his own quarter, as everybody is carrying out his responsibility, as everybody is rising up to play its own part. That is how the body of Christ grows. That is how the body of Christ expands. That is how the church grows. That is how the church conquers new territory when we all arise can you imagine in a church if you have everybody you know i'm always wondering when they say the workers should wait behind after the service and i wonder why is everyone not a worker mm. why is not everybody working everybody ought to be doing something jesus said behold and i come quickly and marry what is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be so if you are doing nothing in the house of god what reward are you expecting on the last day we need to arise can you imagine a church where everybody is functioning. Everybody is doing something. Everyone there is, we have ushers in place. We have singers in place. We have intercessors in place. We have those giving to evangelism. We have those giving to media work. We have the technical crew. We have those things. Everybody is just doing something. Sometimes you find in a church one person doing like four, five things in the church because somebody else is sleeping. We need to wake up and understand that this is our responsibility. God is counting on your gift. He's counting on your talent for his body to grow and your refusal to participate in the house of God, you are affecting, you are hindering the growth of the body of Christ. May God open your eyes this afternoon and grant you an understanding that you are not just born again just to occupy that seat in the church. You are not just a member of that church, just unregistered, but there is a part for you to play as a member of the church. Just like you wouldn't want any part of your body to be redundant. How do you feel when you wake up in the morning and a part of your body is not responding. In fact, you want to you want to attend to that part. You want to find out what is wrong. You want to settle it. You want to make sure that it returns to its normal function. Then how dare you sit in the house of God doing nothing? Don't you understand that you're a member of the body of Christ? Arise. Look at look within yourself. What are the gifts? What are the talents that God has given to you? How can you make a difference in that church? How can your impact be felt? What is it that you love to do? And be, arise and begin to do it. You can begin to function in the drama unit even if the department does not exist because you have a passion for it you can walk up walk up to the pastor and say pastor i have a passion towards this direction and god can use you to raise a whole department in that church because somebody else has that passion that is waiting for somebody to arise and do something and i trust god that you will be that one that will arise this day and realize that you have been hindering or hampering the growth of the body of christ and begin to play your part in the mighty name of jesus all right, so let's just uh, slow down and beginning and take it precept upon precept and step by step. First of all, why do you need a church? 
Why do you need a church? Because um, I remember a tweet by a pastor in Lagos who he just wrote a tweet and said, well, if you are being hurt in church, I want to apologize on behalf of the leadership of the church. Don't let our attitude or conduct come in between your relationship with God. Please get back to church. I was shocked at the number of tweets that responded saying, wow, we accept your apology, Pastor. I've not been in church for the past five years. Because of what you have said, next Sunday I'll be in church. Another one said, well, uh, they did this to me. One of the singers in church did something to me. I said, if that's how they are, I will never step into church again. Another one, you know, just different excuses, reasons why they stopped going to church because somebody was offended, somebody was abused, somebody was hurt, or somebody said something that was not right or they, they really all of them had genuine reasons why they stopped going to church but you may have a reason why you are not going to church today i mean i'm not talking about the pandemic where we are mandated not to go to church because they i'm not to assemble together because of the fear of the spread of the virus but i'm talking in normal times where people just stay at home they just tune into a program so after all i can live stream live stream is a secondary means of reaching out it's not the primary mode that's one number two through live stream you can only be communicated to you never have fellowship you never have fellowship because fellowship you have to be in the same ship with the fellow for you to have fellowship but you are sitting watching uh you know even if you have your family members say we're having church in our family yes your family needs to join other families to become part of the family of christ which is the church of god so uh, we need to understand why you need to belong to a church because sometimes honestly i think so church people are sometimes not fair to even the church and the leadership of the church um i remember this lawyer telling me that um he, he received a visitor one day at work and the boss came shouting at him telling you're stupid and i looked at this lawyer very intelligent lawyer i said and you did not resign you do not <laughs> he laughed he said pastor do you have another job for me now imagine if it was an elder in the church or a deacon that told him you are stupid. Now, I remember when I pastored in Niger State in 1996, how we had a program coming and we had the different units working towards that convention. And I remember this usher, he was taller than everybody else in the ushering team. But throughout the one week convention, he was not there. A week after I didn't see him, he was always noticeable, even though the church was fairly big. But once he stood, you would see him a shoulder and a head above everybody else. So I asked the head of the unit, what happened to this brother? He said it was just the week before the convention that he said everybody should wear black trousers, the ladies' black skirts with any top. Just be changing the tops, but you, everybody should wear black, just what they should wear, the outfit. So this brother just burst out. Now, you see, when people burst out, one, one could be that, which is a communication flaw, that we listen to respond, we don't listen to understand. Whether it is between husband and wife, sometimes you have conflict because of lack of understanding. Uh, we, we are so eager to respond that we do not really assimilate what the person is. Just like uh, last week when, when FFK was asked a question, who is bankrolling your tour around the nation? He burst out, who are you asking? Do you know me? A former minister? A lawyer? What is simple question? Who is sponsoring the trip? I'm sponsoring myself. But you know, he had a mind that, hey, 
Are you trying to say that I'm collecting money from? And he just went out. This is how this brother too. When he heard that everybody should wear black trousers, he flared up. Do you think everybody has money to sell? And they are saying, calm down. <laughs> we should have gotten that little boy from Lagos to tell you, uncle, calm down. You know, the guy just, everybody was trying to calm him down. Okay, if you don't have, you could even go and borrow. Me borrow. So what happened? I, no, you, you don't even have, and you're still proud. <laughs> you know, if it was a job you are looking for, and they told you that you needed to wear a black trousers and you didn't have, would you borrow for the sake of the interview? After the interview at this, you will be able to get the job and buy, in fact, you can repair the person that borrowed you, lent you the thing, two more trousers. You know, simple issue. But do you know that that guy walked out of that meeting hurt and angry? Until I left that city, he never came back to church. You know, it's amazing how people get hold over very trivial issues because it's church. And the same thing will happen at their places of work. And they don't not, resign. They're not offended. They, no, they are offended, but they still come back to work. But they are not offended. No, they, no, don't yeah, take, they are offended. They don't take it to heart. They, yeah, and in fact, they will even cry and still come back to work. They, but they don't, you know, they don't take it to heart to take such a, an action. For example... You know, you are in the choir and somebody in the choir offended you and you are leaving church. For what reason? If you are in a particular department at your place of work and somebody in that department offends you, do you tender your resignation later? I've never heard of anything like that. You know, so I don't know, maybe it's our expectation of the church that we expect everybody to be perfect when we ourselves, we know that we are not perfect. We also offend other people. If everybody will take the action you are taking, we will not have a church. So the church of God is not just there to encourage you. We will see that later. We encourage you, but also the church stands has the right to correct you. So when you are corrected, you should take it humbly, whether it's your departmental head, whether it's the pastor. You know, somehow we just feel as if we cannot be corrected in the church or maybe the way, the mannerism with which you are corrected. You know, some, some people feel offended. Your boss can rebuke you in the presence of people and you're not offended. If your pastor says something in the presence of just one elder, you're offended, say you embarrass me publicly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why do you need a church? Why do we need a church? Well, I will look at it this way first. If you look at the, because you know from the natural things, we understand the things of God. When you look at the soil and you look at a seed, what the soil is to a seed is what the church is to a believer. No matter how good, no matter how powerful a seed is, that seed remains a seed, cannot germinate until it is introduced to a soil. The, the right soil. Yes, until it is introduced to the right soil. The seed, can, its potential cannot come out. Hmm. Whatever it is in that seed cannot manifest until you introduce that seed to the right soil. That is how the believer is also. You know, you have gifts. That's why you discover that even in the secular world, most of these secular singers started from the church. Well, as soon as they were introduced, they, they began to blossom. They, their potential be, begin to they begin to come out. So the church stands to help you develop spiritually, to help you to develop the gifts, the talents of God in you. Secondly, the seed, the plant cannot survive without the soil. The plant itself, it gains its stability from the soil. 
if you if you pull the 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 the, the plant away from the soil, it cannot survive. It cannot survive outside of the soil. That is why you, as a believer, too, cannot survive outside the church. I discovered that the easiest way for a child of God to backslide is for him to have a reason to be offended and to leave the church. As soon as you leave the church, you discover that you are not as fervent as you. It's just a matter of time. You console yourself. Oh, I will study the word of God on my own. I can hear the voice of God. I can pray. It's not only in the church that God hears me. But before you know it, give yourself some weeks, give yourself some months. You discover that you are not as fervent as you used to. You know, you begin to, you begin to, uh, 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 you begin to backslide. You grow cold. You grow now, cold. Th- there's you this, become weary. You know, there's this um, story I had of a member who had not been to church for a while. And the pastor, of course, in the West, not here. Uh, the pastor visited the person and did not say a word to the person. The person was moving himself, you know, in those their houses before they invented a room heater and air conditioning. They always had this fireplace, yeah. okay, w- within the house where you'll have all these pieces of wood burning and coal burning. So um, the pastor, it was cold. So the pastor visited the member and the member was sitting by the fireplace. Oh, pastor, welcome. And uh, after they greeted, oh, have you been fine? Yes, I've been fine. Long time, this and that, and all that. Now, he, of course, he was expecting the pastor to go, where have you been coming to church? And uh, this and that and that. And he did. so, you know, sometimes when people do something, they already have their defenses of yeah. they are waiting for you. Uh, they have the plethora of, plethora of of excuses to give you and to fight back. So the pastor did not preach anything to him. He just went and joined him in the fireplace. Now, then the pastor did something. He pulled out one piece of wood from the fire and just kept it by itself. And the wood was still burning, burning for a while. After a little while, the wood just died. Just the, the fire was quenched and the pastor didn't do anything. He just sat down. They just sat down there watching themselves. After a while, the pastor pushed the fire, uh, the wood back into the fire and it came alive. And then after a while, he said to the member that it's good seeing you. After a long while, we missed you. And the, past, the man says, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I've got the illustration. I'm coming back to church. Wow, hallelujah. So also, you, they, they, from, the, from the church, you draw your nourishment. You know, the plant draws its nourishment from the soil. It's from the soil that it gets the, the nutrients, the water that it needs to produce its own food in the presence of sunlight. So uh, the church feeds you. You, 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 when you come to church, you hear the word of God is feeding, is, they are feeding you spiritually. You are sustained spiritually. You are cared for spiritually. You know, just like if you have a baby, nobody, if you give birth to a baby, you don't just abandon the baby and just walk away. You bring the baby into a family where you nurture, where you feed, where you take care of that baby so that the baby can grow effectively. That is what the church stands for. So the church is where you draw nourishment from, where you, where you so that you can grow and spiritually, uh, just what the soil does for a plant is what the church does for a believer. And if the plant cannot survive without the soil, definitely the believer also cannot survive without a church. Uh, church also stands to give, it gives protection. You know, if you if you just uh, uh, take time, you study the word of God. Even just Psalm twenty three tells you so much. Having a shepherd over you, belonging to a sheepfold, and see what happens to you. Uh, they just like. Uh, 
you you've discovered that a lion can never attack an animal as as long as they are in a group it can never a, a lion can never attack a herd of sheep you know feeding together it cannot what a lion does is just to roll around it just keeps going round and round the uh the, the, the flock and the sheep that gets scared and takes off is the one that the lion goes after so as long as we are in that group in that fellowship in called the church the body of christ there is a protection you see that breaks the edge that the serpent will bite so the devil cannot reach you he cannot attack you because you are protected you are covered there is a wall you know of fire around you but what the devil does is to look for reasons why you should take off and go out on your own so that you become vulnerable to his attacks but in the name of jesus i see you remaining in that sheepfold in jesus mighty now there's name. something you need to understand that the bible says in hebrews 13 verse 17 or i talking about the need to obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves you know to them as those that watch for your souls that you do not realize that the pastor has spiritual authority to be a covering over you to provide oversight over you uh, when Jesus was born, the Bible says shepherds watch their flock by, by night. When suddenly they had uh, angels singing. Now, that's the work of shepherds to watch over their flocks by night. Now, nighttime is that season of difficulty. Nighttime is that time of attack. Nighttime is when the light is out. Nighttime is your most vulnerable moment. Nighttime is that time when everything is just upside down in your life. And shepherds are there to watch over the sheep. So in your night moment, you don't realize it, that there is a pastor somewhere that is interceding for you, interceding for you. You know, last night I had a dream. Uh, I have not even shared with my wife. You know, one of my leaders, you know, kind of uh, some some terrible thing, you know. Now, he doesn't even know about it. But I'm standing as a shepherd and breaking it and saying, no, it will not come to pass. And the devil cannot have him. And all of that, those are part of the things that you uh, enjoy for being a part of a sheepfold. Now, normally, you know, when you find the Bible talking about the fact that there are some um, words that are used to refer to the church, the church is the house of God. So a house talks about a building, and but you see, the church is more than just a building. It is a spiritual building, not a, like a physical building. The, the blocks in the building are the members. We are lively stones, living stones, living blocks. All right? Now, the church also is the household of God. So just like a household, you do fight as members of the same household, but you will still settle. Okay? They say as close as the teeth are to the tongue. Sometimes they fight, but they so need each other that they will still settle quickly, you know. <laughs> so one doesn't say, hey, you, you, because you bite me, I, I don't come out, I don't do again. No, they will still continue. We're a household. We're also the family of God. The church is the family of God. So you find all those uh, uh, descriptions, but the church is also the sheepfold. Yeah. It's also a sheepfold. And a sheepfold, uh, the Bible talks about a porter that opens the door for the shepherd to come into the sheepfold and lead the sheep out for pastures. Now, the, the sheepfold provides a, a protection. A, a protection. It, it's like the, the Bible saying, 
In Micah chapter 7 and verse 14, the reverse standard version, shepherd thy people with thy staff, the flock of the inheritance. So the church is the flock of Christ. Is the flock of Christ, okay? Shepherd thy people with thy staff, the flock of thy inheritance, who dwell alone in a forest, uh, in the midst of a garden land. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. So it's, uh, we are a flock. We, we, we have an under-shepherd as the pastor that feeds because the word pastor is from the Greek word poimen, which means a, 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 a herder. All right? So when you talk about herdsmen, actually, herdsmen are also called in English pastoralists mm -hmm. because they're actually pastors. They are shepherds. They are poimen. All right? So we feed, we feed, we feed, but not only that, there is a sheepfold. One of the questions that we need to answer uh, is that who is a member of a church? Who is a church member? Is it the one that visits the church? Because some visit and they're never really part of the church. Okay, it's like somebody who has a prosthesis, the hand is amputated, and then he gets an artificial hand, and the hand is joined to the is, is connect is not hanging on the body, but it's not part of the body. It's connected, but it's not part of the body. It's not even connected, it's just uh <laughs> it's hanging there because if it's, it's connected, there'll be life. <laughs> there's no connection. It's joined somehow, but it's, it's, it's no attached, life. it's attached, yeah, it's attached, work. but it's not connected there all no right life. there's no life flowing so there are people that they, every sunday the doors open they will come in there they will drop their tats and offerings and uh, hear a good sermon and go they but, are joined but they are not connected but they are not connected they, they, and some even feel a membership form but they are not committed so one of the things we're going to do next sunday is to find who is and uh, next saturday on this program yeah. who is a church member mm -hmm. And then who is a marks, hallmarks of a committed member? Because the difference between attendance and membership is commitment. Yeah. The difference between attendance and membership is commitment. commitment. All right. So just wrap it up. Uh, also, you know, we need also to understand that the, the church is the body of Christ. Like First Corinthians chapter 12 puts it, is, it is the body of Christ. Now, when you look at your body, your body has many members. And no member can survive without being connected or joined to the body. If we detach the hand now from the body, if you, you know, you put it aside, the hand will die. And the hand cannot function without the body. It cannot function without the body. It cannot function on its own. Cut off the hand from the body. It cannot function on its own. So that is how the, every believer needs a church for, for that life to continually flow through you and for you to be able to function and, and, uh, and, and do your own, carry out your own responsibility. You need the body. You need the body. You cannot survive on your own. You cannot survive detached from the, from the church. You will die off. The church also, you know, provides fellowship fellowship for 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 the believer and we are social beings we need fellowship the bible says iron sharpness iron so when you come to church you hear the testimony of one a believer, you are encouraged, you are energized, you arise, and you know that God also will attend to your case soon. You know, the faith is teared up within you because there's that fellowship. There's that fellowship. When we come together, we do not we do not just come together, but Jesus is right there in our midst. God the Father is right there in our midst. The Holy Spirit is right there, and together we fellowship, we fellowship. So you need a church to be able to have that fellowship. You can't have the fellowship alone in your heart house you need the body of christ for you to fellowship mm. one with another in fact there's one part maybe we'll talk more about that next uh, saturday in spiritual growth and development you can actually develop alone mm. 
you can't develop in isolation. You see, because when you ask God for the fruit of the Spirit to develop, part of the process that God brings out the fruit of the Spirit in you is by you coming in contact with people. If you ask God to help you become patient, you cannot develop patience until you meet impatient people that now force the patience out of you. Okay? You cannot prove that you're not a thief until you can see money that is not your own and you go out of it. So if you really want to prove faithfulness, steadfastness, uh, and, and all of those virtues that you find in Christ, it takes people around you for you, if nobody provokes you, how can we know that you are kind? All right, so you are patient. How can you prove that you're working in love unless there is somebody that you release that love towards, especially somebody who is directly opposite of your kind of a person? So it's very important for us to have this in perspective. Above it all, if you are out of order, it doesn't matter how many days of fasting or prayer you pray alone. There are certain things you will never be able to obtain and you will never be able to to, to attain until you are part of the body of Christ. That's the truth. Because the Bible says that God loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Israel. He loves the gates of Zion because this is Mount Zion whom he has chosen. Yeah. And, and you need to read Psalm 132 from verse 15 and you will find the things about Zion that tells you that there is provision there just by being a part of the body of Christ. Wow. Running out of time. <laughs> now, for, don't forget this before we round off. I need to remind you of this week from Monday to Sunday is an international prophetic prayer summit all virtual so the zoom id is on zoom so the zoom id i say is 946 okay let me check to be sure um, because i'm reading it from my my, my head all right 946 yes 212 that's the zoom id for you to connect 7 p.m to 8 p.m Every day from Monday 31st of August to September the 6th, we have great men and women of God ministering and facilitating this fast, this prayer. And I believe that there will be breakthroughs that God will attend to your own issue. I believe that God will open heavens over you in the coming week as we pray together in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Make sure if you've not, if your church is open, please go to church tomorrow. Uh, let not the fear of us. You know, the way some people make it look as if the coronavirus is only in waiting church for waiting for church. you. Eh? <laughs> you go to the market anyhow, no, it won't catch you there. You, you you enter buses, it won't catch you there. It's waiting for you in church. No, uh, upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance and there yes. shall be holiness. The Lord bless you. We love you. Uh, this is Daniel and Mary Johanna. God bless uh, you. you. We are not even going to be able to pick your calls, but you can send us a WhatsApp message on 80 Eight four seven. We repeat zero eight zero seven seven eight three seven eight four seven. You can connect with us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. Daniel Johanna or Mary Johanna Y O H A N A. We love you and we trust God that God will perfect all that concerns you in the mighty name of Jesus. That God will smoothen the rough ages of your life and cause your life to blossom to the glory of God in Jesus' mighty name. See you next Saturday. God bless you.